The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Yesterday, we looked at the top 12 in PPR in the consensus rankings. That would be the combination of Heath, Dave, and Jamie's rankings. Today, we're looking at 13 through 24, so your round two picks if you're just looking at our rankings on CBSSports.com. And did Mark Andrews make the cut? How many quarterbacks are in the mix? We're going to find out these things right now. I'm Adam Azer. I got Heath Cummings and Chris Towers here. And I'm going to start out with quick questions for you. No pleasantries today. Maybe at some point pleasantries, but not right now. First question, Heath. We have three quarterbacks in our top 24. They are the last three in the consensus top 24. Mahomes at 22. Josh Allen at 23. Jalen Hurts at 24. That's ahead of Ramondre Stevenson, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Mark Andrews. Do you like that? Does that make sense? Should they be second-round picks? They should be second round picks. I think I have, I think I'm the reason that we have three in the top 24. I have Mahomes at 19, Allen at 20, and Hertz at 21. So I'm probably uh, the one pushing them up to, into round two. And I, I think it's like what we're going to find out this year, because I don't really have questions about those three. I think those three are going to be somewhere between 25 and 30 fantasy points per game. And that's really, really valuable. But how valuable it is is going to be determined by what we get from Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. I do think there's a case to be made that we're going to do this thing that the last two years tells us we should do in elevating the quarterbacks. And then this is going to be another year like, what was it, Chris, 2020? Mm-hmm. when we had like nine quarterbacks that averaged 25 fantasy points per game and that 25 to 30 point production wasn't as valuable. But right now, looking at the last three years, we've got a couple of guys who look almost certain to do it and quarterback has trended the uh, poor, bad, yeah. the last two years. So it makes a lot of sense. And and I think there's there are reasons to think that 2020 was sort of a turning point in a lot of the ways that the NFL plays defense, like we've talked mm-hmm. a lot the last couple of years about like every team is playing too high shells. And, and you know, I, I think one of the things that I think is really interesting is it sort of seems like teams aren't defenses are playing their game now, right? Like a lot of the time defenses aren't like game planning for the specific offense. They're just, we're going to play our too high shell. You figure out a way to beat that defense. And so what you've seen the last couple of years is like, the Bears and Falcons reacting to that by saying, okay, we're just going to run the ball down your throat and see if you can stop us. And and so it's created a little more diversity in the way NFL offenses operate. And, and I think that could continue to perpetuate this haves and have-nots thing at quarterback. What we saw last year, number three quarterback and the number six quarterback were separated by 6.2 points per game. That is a massive, massive mark. It was basically 
the big three and Joe Burrow is at 26.3 points per game. The other three were at 28 or better. And then Lamar Jackson was the only guy above 22 points per game. And he missed what the last five or six games of the season. So it was a massive, massive edge to have one of those three quarterbacks. And I think those three guys are worth a second round pick. I think the bigger question at the position is whether what happened in a recent mock draft where we had seven quarterbacks go in the first 45 picks, whether I don't think we're overrating Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. I think the question is whether there's inflation for that next year. I think those three guys are absolutely worth second round picks. I've been banging that drum for a couple of years. I think the question is whether we're we're in turn overrating Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields and the rest of those guys who who are getting their prices pushed up. Yeah, last year we also saw Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford just have terrible fantasy seasons. And Justin Herbert. And yeah, yeah. Justin Herbert. But I mean, but but those guys are older and maybe just Brady, I think Brady especially, his best days are behind him. But the other guys, you know, they may have just aged out in the position. Um, and we also saw Deshaun Watson come back and be bad. But if he gets back to what he is, it could be, I think quarterback could be deeper this year. That doesn't mean those guys aren't worth a second-round pick. Chris, you mentioned all the players who were averaging, uh, the quarterbacks who averaged t- uh, 22 points per game. You mentioned just Lamar Jackson after those big four. Uh, you forgot about Davis Webb. Davis Webb did that. Oh, my bad. 18. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Apologize to the Webheads out there. I know that's uh, a <laughs> that's big consistency and I don't want to you know driver Apple review ratings down because of that uh, second question here uh, Chris I'll give this one to you first is it weird as we look at our consensus rankings two players we're going to talk about today between picks 13 and 24 is it weird that RB3 and RB4 from last year are second round picks according to our consensus rankings this year that would be Josh Jacobs and Derek Henry they were to RB's three and four, both per game and full season. Derrick Henry's been a top four running back in every format per game. Four straight seasons. And he and Josh Jacobs, Chris, are not in the top 12 of our consensus rankings. Is that weird? I'm personally a little uncomfortable by the fact that I seem to be higher on Derrick Henry than the consensus for the first time ever. His consensus eighty or rank right now is 20th and I've been the guy arguing he's not worth the the first round pick the last couple of years or the top five pick, I guess. And I have him 15th. So, yeah, I think both Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry are a little underrated by this. I think I I understand the arguments against them, but like, well, I don't know, Henry may you. break they're down. They're after you, Chris. What's that? They're after you. Yeah, yeah. The Derrick, the Derrick like, Henry police are coming. Like, I guess the argument is we expect both of these offenses to be worse than they were last year, right? No. And I, I think that makes sense for Vegas. I don't like the Titans. They won't be, be worse. The Titans won't be worse. Right, I don't think they'd be worse. Um, Keith, what's the argument here? Why are these guys second? They're not. I know you have Jacobs in your first round, I think seventh overall. So what's the argument? Why are in the consensus rankings in ADP, Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry being so dissed? I do think that like Chris's what Chris said about the Vegas offense being worse this year and, and that being the expectation does seem to be the expectation for some people. And I would agree with it if Jimmy Garoppolo is unavailable and the Raiders don't add another quarterback. Um, but I don't think that there's a big difference. I, I think the Derrick Henry one makes perfect sense. He's 29 years old. We start getting worried about running backs at 27 or 28. He's had 4 million carries. Um, He could absolutely make us look dumb again, and that would not be that surprising, but it's time for him to not be as good. Um, The the Josh Jacobs one just makes absolutely no sense to me at all. He's my number one running back in non-PPR. It's not like he had like 18 touchdowns last season where like, yeah, it's not like you could look at it and say, well, that offense is going to be so much more like, he had 12 touchdowns on nearly 400 touches. There's not touchdown regression coming. If he gets a similar role, I don't see any reason he can't score double-digit touchdowns again. He had none in the passing game on 53 catches. I don't think well, Jimmy Garoppolo is especially less likely to throw the ball to him than I would say more likely Derek Carr. It, and yeah. do we really like? Do we really think Zamir White's gonna push the guy who? led all running backs in the percentage of their team's touches. Like it, 
he probably won't have 80% of their team RB touches like he did last year, but it's probably not going to go down significantly. He's the only workhorse running back other than Jonathan Taylor um, who's under like 27. Yeah. Um, maybe, I guess Saquon you could put on there, but some, like somebody had a really good point, and of course I retweeted it because I'm the Josh Jacobs guy, but in Dynasty, Jay, Saquon Barkley is a top five running back in consensus rankings. Josh Jacobs is 10th. Jacobs is a year younger than Barkley and has been better three years in a row. Yeah, that um, one I, I don't really like. I I do have Barkley one spot ahead of Jacobs, but, but I I don't think there's a gap there. I don't I don't feel any confidence at all that the Giants' offense is going to be better than the Raiders' offense this year. If Garoppolo is not healthy, then I don't. Then I do think they will be. If I think if Garoppolo is not healthy, the then Carson Wentz will start. And oh, he's he one. Of, he's terrible. Well, so uh, no, no. Carson Wentz is not the answer. We're not going to derail the podcast Car- nine Wentz minutes in with a Daniel Jones answer. debate. Yeah, you're right. This is all just you taking a shot at Daniel Jones, which I'm not. No, going it's to not get at all. No, yeah, I just think that either, they're both mediocre offenses. Either way, I, I think one factor that's underrated here is the offense Josh Jacobs plays in, the Josh McDaniels offense. For the entire time he was in New England, basically every single year, that New England Patriots team was generating top five RBPPR point totals for yes. all. The, now that was usually spread between three running backs. And so you very rarely had a top 12 guy, but we saw last season, Josh Jacobs is perfectly capable of being a three down back and being effective at it. And there's no competition for touches there. I I just, I think he's a very, very safe round one pick with, you know, top five upside. Okay. The argument against him is that he had never finished higher than 10th per game in any format before last season. So I think people are are concerned that it was a huge outlier year. And they might be concerned that he's not going to play for the Raiders and that he might not play at all or something like that. Well, you that. can't do that with him and not Barkley. I, except, except that the reports are, are more, at least in terms of him not playing for the Raiders, you know, they could, you saw this speculation, they could rescind his franchise tag, which would be fine for him. Then he'd just be. I did not see that. I heard it from you, but I did not see that. No, I saw it. I wasn't. I believe you. I'm just saying I didn't see that. And yeah, and signed Dalvin Cook or whatever. But, you know, he seems more likely. I don't think either of them are. I don't think, I'm not approaching it. I, we just did a draft last week. I don't think any of us approached it like they're not going to be on the Giants and Raiders, respectively. But it seems maybe people are more panicked about Jacobs than they are Barkley from that perspective. Um, let's uh, let's do some news and notes. Before we do that, our eBay store for Draftathon, which you know the Draftathon, if you're a loyal listener, which most of you are, um, you know what it is. It's our four-hour, well, actually, no, it's like a six-hour live show at the end of August. But really, you should think of Draftathon as the next few months of charity, raising money for St. Jude with a whole bunch of different awesome things. You've got pre-draft calls with our experts. You've got spots in leagues. Uh, you know we made it over $21,000 with the spot in the uh, Dynasty Startup League, so that was amazing. But it's not. It's all CBS personalities as well. You'll see. It, 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 go to the store. So we've got this URL Maybe we can put it in the chat, Thomas. Uh, tinyurl.com slash FFT donate. Tinyurl.com slash FFT donate. I, th- I think we'll have a different link to that at some point. But we do have sort of an eBay storefront now where you can see all of the things that are up for auction. It all goes to St. Jude. And it's June 22nd. Just imagine what we're going to be auctioning off uh, in June, July, and August. And uh, I can't wait to raise so much money this year. And, yeah, thank you for being a part of it in advance. Tinyurl.com slash FFTDonate. That's the first way to get there right now. Okay. Um, news and notes. The person that Tyreek Hill slapped is pressing charges. Keep an eye on this story. Raiders defensive end Max Crosby said he wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady shows up in a Raiders jersey. And he was saying that if things don't go as planned with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he got these health issues with Garoppolo. So if he's injured... Maybe, according to Max Crosby's on the team, eh, maybe Tom Brady shows up. Uh, Adam Schefter thinks that Sam Darnold has the edge over Trey Lance going into 49ers camp. Heath, does that just mean that we should not have hope for Trey Lance? Well, no, because if Trey Lance ever does get a chance, he's probably going to be valuable for fantasy, even if he's not good at passing. But 
I think it does mean that I can declare victory in the Jalen Hurts versus Trey Lance battle of 2020. Um, that's it. No. <clears throat> oh, you got it? Did you plan to play it? Well, what were you? I was just going to play this. I just going to it. <laughs> no, it's like, it's just one of those things where we didn't know. I don't, I'm not saying he's bad. We didn't know anything about him when the 49ers drafted him and, and through a variety of weird things. We still don't know anything about him. And the only team that has any reason to think they know something about him is the 49ers. And it sounds like they prefer Mr. Irrelevant and Sam Darnold. Yeah. If I could do a cross sport analogy, one thing that we've noticed in baseball, and this has been studied is when a top prospect gets traded, they perform worse than the top prospects who don't, who are ranked in their same range. This has been, and and it makes sense, right? The team that knows them best is the team that's seen them the most. And 49ers have, are the only people who have seen Trey Lance do anything on a football field over the last three seasons, and they seem to not like him very much. And we don't know why. It's, it's kind of been kept under wraps. We've gotten a few reports about inaccuracy in camp, but for the most part, we're in the, we're in the blind. But our, our assumption should be that Trey Lance is pretty terrible at this point, unfortunately. I- and if I do a cross-positional reference, I, I have great fear that a year from now we are talking about Jamison Williams in the same way. Oh, that would be bad. Yeah, Lance, Just because he's not playing. You right. have to play. Yeah, you have to play. Lance, uh, of course, he had the broken finger. Really affected him badly. Then the broken what, ankle or leg. Ankle, yeah. Yeah, so, but the finger was a huge deal, and he's finally getting back to throwing the ball the way he used to. But that, if he's still behind the Arnold, other thing. Mm-hmm is we are entirely dependent throughout these is it three years now, two and a half years of Trey Lance on things that get leaked out by the 49ers or Trey Lance's agent. We've not seen anything. We don't know how good he is at throwing a ball right now at all. Yeah. We didn't mm-hmm. know when he came into the NFL. Nobody right. saw him play in college. Yep. All right. <laughs> he I was going actually... to tight end you, so that that's good. I would really like to see Sam Darnold as the quarterback for the 49ers. I, I feel like it would be a really fun experiment. I feel like I think it would be okay. by far the best season of his career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Andy Reid said that uh, second-year receiver Sky Moore is taking a good jump. All right. The sky's the limit. Very good. Uh, we need more of that, Heath. We'll take a break. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, PPR 13 through 24, we'll go through it. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's uh, look at who uh, the second rounders are in our consensus rankings. Obviously, if you just looked at Heath's rankings, some of these guys will be higher or lower, like Josh Jacobs is much higher. Uh, Tony Pollard is 13th in our consensus rankings. He was actually the number nine running back per game last year with only 193 carries and 39 catches in 16 games. Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs are 13 and 14. Is there any question in your mind that you're taking Jacobs over Pollard? Not for me. Not for me, no. If if the Raiders came out and said that we're starting Brian Hoyer week one, then it would become a question for me. But, like, the the touchdown regression question is on Pollard's side. For sure. You know, because he had a lot of long touchdowns, and obviously we think he'll get more of a goal line role, but we don't know that for sure. I'm not... I'm not 100% sure how much his role is going to change. I would assume it'll change a little bit, potentially a lot, but I feel much more confident in Josh Jacobs. Give me Josh Jacobs 
minus 50 touches. And I think I, I'd take him over Pollard. Oh, that. I think, yeah. yeah. I think if they both play 17 games, there's a very good chance that Jacobs has 100 more touches. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Pollard. I, I did take him over Jacobs. Like, I, I wasn't, I, I can't have you guys just agreeing the whole time, you know? But we got to shake it up a little bit, right? So I'll take the Pollard side. Maybe we can do a YouTube poll, Thomas. Uh, ADP has them pretty similar. I, I don't, like I said yesterday, I don't know what to make of ADP at this point. It's very different depending on where you go. And, you know, Pollard, Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and NFC ADP were all going around the 2-3 turn. So that would be amazing. But, but uh, yeah, if we're talking about the 1-2 turn here, I took Pollard, I think, 11th or 10th or 11th mm-hmm. in a draft. I was hoping for Barkley. He went one pick before me. Uh, I do think there's a you know prob- maybe a big difference. But I just love Pollard. I, I just think he's a terrific player. <clears throat> I think we all probably feel that way. My question is, you know, can he handle a big workload? Right. They have worn down a little bit toward the end of last season. His efficiency went way oh, down. He broke his leg. He did he do that. Broke. Could not handle it. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of guys I'm, get injured. And when I say that, it's a it's tongue in cheek, kind of, because I do think there are one hundred percent football coaches and football guys who would say that without being tongue in cheek or without smiling or without laughing. Like I think. There's a big question mark when a guy comes into the NFL as like the most part-time of part-time backs in college and then spends his career as a significant backup. Like it wasn't a 1A, 1B situation really until last year. Yeah. And then has a career high in touches and suffers a major injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, yes, it's true. And, uh, and even his own running backs coach last year said they wanted to keep him to like 30 touches, uh, or 30 snaps, 30 snaps, 30 snaps. But then I think the next game he played like 55. (laughs) I know he's just so good. You can't keep him off the field. And Dallas is so high scoring. I just think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of touchdown opportunities for him. That's one thing is I do think this Dallas offense is going to take a step back next season. It might not be like less efficient, but. The switch from Mike McCarthy to Kellen Moore, I think, is going to see a, a drop in volume, potentially a significant one. Yes, the big. The Kellen Moore era Dallas Cowboys were top three in uh, neutral context pace or whatever the term would be. And Mike McCarthy's final three seasons with the Packers, when he was calling plays, they were bottom 12 every season. So I think this this offense may still be very good, but in terms of the amount of points they they score, and the amount of plays they run, I think it's going to take a step back. Right, but can you can you tell me five offenses that you're very confident are going to be higher scoring than Dallas? I mean, they're still going to be one of the best offenses. I, no, I, I think, think. that's a real question. Like, There's a legitimate qu- quote from Mike McCarthy saying that Kellen Moore thought the job of the o- only job of the offense was to score points, Yeah, and he believes <laughs> the job of the offense is to let the defense rest. Yep. Like he wants well, how do you to do that? Pl- what? How do you do that? Long drives don't gain too many yards in one play. And don't run, run the ball. Too, run the ball. Right. right? He's not going to – okay, listen. <laughs> he is not going to have 20 carries a game. If they're going to run the ball 35 times a game, then some, then Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott or someone else is going to average 3.8 yards per carry and get yelled at for being in Tony Pollard's way because Tony Pollard's not going to do that. No. If he no. Right? right? So – it's a bad thing if they're going to replace some of Tony Pollard's targets with rush attempts. Why do they have to replace his targets with rush attempts? Why wouldn't he just get more rush attempts and also get targets? Because he's the lead running back for the Cowboys. That's that would be the, you know he's going to get his touches. They need to give him the ball. I do not believe he's ever going to approach the touches that Ezekiel Elliott received as the lead running back as the, for the Dallas Cowboys. Completely agree with that. I, I just don't okay. think that he needs. To. I, I I think another part that's just kind of to simplify, it's just Josh Jacobs was a lot better than Tony Pollard last season. It so was, Pollard, yeah. needs, Pollard needs to take a step forward to be as good as Jacobs was last season, and Jacobs needs to take a step back in order to justify taking Pollard over Jacobs. And both of those things may be reasonable assumptions, but it's not reasonable enough for me to assume it. I'm going to give Jacobs the benefit of the doubt here because like, those not very good Josh Jacobs seasons from pre-2023 look a lot like what Tony Pollard did last season. It's right around 15 and a half PPR points per game. Yeah, but Pollard was was the second back on the team. They don't have Zeke anymore. And th- there's no so what, way, there's no way Pollard's not going to lead the team in carries this year. What oh, I definitely think there is a way. How but, why would they franchise tag a guy if he's not going to lead the team in carries? Um it's a horrible because, decision. 
I don't think the Cowboys are at the cutting edge of RB valuations. Give me the scenario where he doesn't lead the team in carries. Uh, They signed Dalvin Cook for $5 million, and they just let Dalvin Cook run the ball into the offensive line 240 times, and and Tony Pollard gets 230 carries. Yeah, so Cook, that is the only one. If they bring Zeke back, there's no way Zeke's going to out-carry Pollard. That would be insane. Like Cook would be the only one unless Mixon becomes available or something like that. So but I think this is this good probably going like, on a little bit too long. So just you can wrap it up, Heath. What do you think Tony Pollard's like carries per game ups or or even touch per game? But I think we should carries what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like he'd never averaged double digit carries at any level before last year, and he averaged twelve carries per game last year. Are are you thinking that he could have more than like fifteen? No. I think 15 and three and a half catches, you know? Yeah, I I think that's possible. I think that's a reasonable upside expectation. 18 to 19 touches per game for Pollard to me at five yards per carry, which he's done. Why would not? You should not expect him to average five yards per carry if he's going to have a 30% increase in touches. I do expect it because I think he's one of the best running backs. I think he's behind one of the best offensive lines. If I'm going to expect someone to do it, it's going to be. He's going to be on the short list. I think he's going to be extremely efficient. He's explosive. He's terrific. And I think as long as Zeke would Zeke would be a problem because I think Zeke would have the goal line role. But if I'm not too concerned about the goal line role, I think Pollard's headed for a huge season. Part part I, of I the just, problem there though is that still might be 80 fewer carries than Josh Jacobs. Okay, I, it's all right. Let's move on. Um, it's also an upside downside thing. I, I would say, you know, I think it I love seems this. like I was com- waiting for this. It seems like yes. the community thinks that Jacobs has more downside. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Pollard has more upside. That's disappointing. No, I don't think Pollard has more upside. Okay, darn it. All right. Uh next up we have Devontae Adams, who has now okay, let's see. Devontae Adams has been a top five wide receiver in three of his last four seasons top three in PPR in three straight seasons. Um, that's overall. So he's not even a first-round pick. Uh, is that justified on Devontae Adams? And then we have Amonra St. Brown and A.J. Brown uh, as our next three picks. So after those two running backs, we've got three wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Amonra St. Brown, and A.J. Brown. What do you think about that? Heath, do you think those guys should be going before Tony Pollard? Um, so I've got it right now, Adams, then Pollard, um, and Amunra is after. And you say AJ Brown was in there too? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I've Adams is the only one of that group that I had to have ahead of Pollard. They are all ranked between 13 and 18 for me. So that's the perfect range. Um, and I, I do think that there's a chance that we're going to look too low on Adams again, but um, like he is, he's old enough to where you can worry about the age. He's not, doesn't sound like very happy right now. And his quarterback's a major injury risk. He's, he is probably quarterback proof still, but man, Brian Hoyer, or Aiden O'Connell, I do think is probably, are probably worse than Jarrett Stidham. The, the thing that I think is probably being overrated is if Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy. If Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy, I really don't have any concerns about Devontae Adams yep. because, like, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't throw the ball as deep as Derek Carr did last season. It is interesting that, like, Derek Carr is now a gunslinger because he played with Devontae Adams and chucked the ball down the field a ton. But, like, maybe that's just what happens when you play with Devontae Adams. But either way, Devontae Adams is going to get 30% of the targets. As long as he's healthy, like that's just what Devontae Adams does. Maybe they're not as far down the field as they were last season. That might not be a bad thing because his catch rate dropped to 55.6%, the lowest since 2015. But like well, wide receivers earn targets. Should he be Devontae- should he be higher than 15th in the consensus rankings, Devontae Adams? I I think that's a perfectly fine spot for him taking into account the risk of Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think there's a very good chance that we end up looking pretty dumb about that. I've got him 13th, so yes, he should be higher. Too low. Okay. What about Amonra St. Brown and A.J. Brown? Who do you guys like? This is PPR, so you know you could maybe expect 20 more catches for Amonra St. Brown. 
what do you who do you like better? Which which Brown? Saint Brown A-R-S-B. or regular Brown? Uh, ARSB for Heath. Yeah. Chris? I've got AJ Brown just ahead. I do have AJ Brown projected for 18 fewer catches, but he makes up for that in myriad other ways. But they're back to back for me. Heath, why uh St. Brown? They are also back to back for me, so I wouldn't I th- I think this is one where if I wasn't doing projections, AJ Brown would be ahead of Monroe St. Brown because I do think AJ Brown talent-wise is like just on a different level. But um, especially in full PPR, like I take AJ Brown in half PPR and non-PPR, the catch difference is too big for me in full PPR. And do you think we are still talking about, I mean, it's really hard. I I cannot sit here and say that Devontae Adams doesn't have first round upside or, you know, even top five player upside, right? Do you think, obviously we must think Jacobs does. I think Pollard does. Do you think A.J. Brown and Amonra St. Brown have that kind of upside where they could be top five, top six-ish overall players? I don't mean like like, like where they should be drafted. I don't mean like total points because obviously the quarterbacks. But Brown and St. Brown, do they have that type of upside? I think A.J. does. And it's weird, because, but I think it's probably injury dependent. Um, Devontae Smith's a pretty small dude. If something happened to him and Jalen Hurts didn't have that other option, then I think it's possible we could see A.J. Brown at 12 targets per game or something and 11 targets per game. And I think he would be a top five wide receiver then, probably the number one wide receiver. Okay, Chris, um, yeah. let's move on to our next topic. It's Nick Chubb. He's right behind Devontae Adams, Amara St. Brown, and A.J. Brown. So the first five picks, or sorry, the first five in the rankings, 13, uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, are Jacobs, no, Pollard, Jacobs, Adams, Amara St. Brown, A.J. Brown. Then we have Nick Chubb, who is not going really to be splitting uh, with Kareem Hunt, obviously, or maybe, maybe going to have the biggest you know, share of carries that we've seen from him. So he is 18th. Do you think he should go ahead of anyone we've mentioned so far? Pollard, Jacobs, Adams, St. Brown, A.J. Brown. I don't think so. Um, I He had, what was it, 302 carries last season and 37 targets. I mean, he could do better than that, but I think it's not particularly likely. He's always been hyper-efficient. Last season, he averaged five yards per carry on 302 carries. He's an incredible player. This is, I think, the sort of like boring pick that you can make in the second round. It's very, very unlikely that you end up disappointed in Nick Chubb. It's also very, very unlikely that he scores 20 points per game, I think. I, that, yeah, I don't know. I, I do have Chubb ahead of Brown and St. Brown, um, but right in this range, and I wouldn't argue strongly. I think the one place where Chubb might have more upside than what we've seen, because I agree with Chris, I think the usage is very similar. Um, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that if Deshaun Watson is good, Nick Chubb has a 20 touchdown. Season. Right. Sure. That's, yeah, yeah like, that's, the, he's, that's the upside case. He's got a 300, like got great running backs like him who get 350 touches do have those types of seasons. That's fair. Right, and we've had we would have, you know, oh, why is Kareem Hunt in at the goal line here? And that that happened too much over the last few years. But Deshaun Watson's also someone who could take away some rushing touchdowns. Um maybe, I don't know. I don't I don't feel like his catch He's not going to throw. Away. I mean, actually he threw a lot to the running backs last season, which was weird. I think like over 20% of Deshaun Watson's targets went to running backs last year, which was probably also just a reflection of how uncomfortable he was after not playing for nearly two seasons. So, you know, that that's a confounding variable where, like, I guess Deshaun Watson could throw to his running backs more, and Nick Chubb is the only guy who would benefit from that right now. But I'm, I'm not really taking that possibility too seriously. Let me just tell you where Chubb has finished per game in PPR over the last four seasons. Eighth... Uh, well, I'll go from 2019 to 2022. 10th, 8th, 12th, 8th. So he's been 8 to 12 per game, four straight seasons in PPR. In half PPR, he's been 9th, 5th, 10th, and 8th. In non-PPR, 8th, 5th, 7th, and 6th. Uh, no, uh, sorry, 8th, 5th, 7th, and 5th per game. 
Um, and I screwed up half PPR. Half PPR was ninth, fifth, tenth, and sixth. Uh, so from eight to twelve in PPR, from five to ten in half PPR, and five to eight per game in non PPR. That's Nick Chubb over the last four seasons. Extremely consistent. Never been on a great offense though. It just it hasn't happened. Maybe like Heath said, maybe that'll unlock some touchdown potential. Uh, Chubb or Pollard for you guys? Pollard. I've got Pollard, but they're back to back. Okay. Um, any concerns with Chubb? I mean, is he? I, I called two players yesterday bust proof, <laughs> which of course you know was a kiss of death. Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs bust proof. Um, what? Not the only ones necessarily. I just why is Jamar Chase not bust proof? I didn't. I just didn't put. Oh, okay. I, I actually, if you want to know what I think, I think that since since Chase is the second pick in drafts and Diggs is closer to twelve. I think that they could have basically the same season and Chase would be considered a bust and Diggs wouldn't. Um, and, you know, Chase has Higgins to contend with. But but anyway, uh, is Chubb bust-proof? Because they, they, was there was a little slippage last year. It's, he had a pretty bad, maybe like six-game stretch. Or it was, what's wrong with Nick Chubb? Uh, is he bust-proof to you guys? or Because he's going to be 28 in December. That's yeah, no, I mean, that's he's a 28 year old running back. So he and he relies on outlier efficiency and big plays for the majority of his, you know, fantasy production. So any slippage, it's kind of the same case as Derrick Henry. I'm, I don't like, I get Derrick Henry's a year older. And so that's probably why Derrick Henry's going below him. But it's sort of, I don't really get the case for Nick Chubb over Derrick Henry. Um, it's, it's for me, it's, it's, Nick Chubb's kind of a worse Derrick Henry, who's a little bit younger, but I don't know if that's enough. That should be enough to make up for it. Isn't it closer to two years than one year in age difference? Yeah, like, this I, is his age twenty-seven season. He'll turn sure, twenty-eight okay, at the fair. end of the that's year. That's fair. It is closer to two years. And I, I do think with Henry that we are seeing some slippage. You know, the metrics aren't as good. They haven't been as good for each of the last two seasons. Whereas Chubb still looks like he's still clearly one of the best running backs in football. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that people feel that way about Derrick Henry, um, that maybe we're, we're seeing the decline. Um, okay, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the back half of the second round after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, so far, we've had three running backs and three receivers at 13 through 18. Tony Power, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Amonra St. Brown, A.J. Brown, and Nick Chubb. So who is after Nick Chubb? Who is 19? It is Garrett Wilson, and then Derrick Henry, and then Jalen Waddell. We'll talk about those three. The last three picks are the quarterbacks, Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. I keep saying picks. I'm sorry. This is not ADP. This is rankings. The last three players, 22 through 24, are the quarterbacks. But 19 through 21, Garrett Wilson... Derrick Henry and Jalen Waddle. Heath, your take on that trio, Wilson, Henry, Waddle. I uh, love it. Massive, massive upside from all three of them. And like there's risk for Henry, and we haven't seen Wilson do it yet. But but I like I'm all aboard these guys in this range. I think Waddle is the one that I don't have in the for the first two rounds. But if Tua stays healthy, that will look dumb. Chris, your take on Wilson, Henry, and Waddle? I think they're all fine there. I, I think I have them all ranked a little bit lower. Like Waddle's wide receiver 14 for me, so he's a little lower than this. But I I get it. I I have CeeDee Lamb ahead of Garrett Wilson. We haven't mentioned him, right? 
No, because he was picked 12. No, he was oh, okay, 12th okay. in the rankings. That, that's, yeah. Okay, then that makes sense. Okay, then, yeah, I don't really have any any kind of complaints about that. I, Wilson, it's it's a bit of a dream. You know, we're, we're hoping he can take that step forward, but it's a very reasonable dream. I don't... Does, does knowing that Aaron Rodgers went to a psychedelia conference and was one of their keynote speakers, does that make you feel more or less confident in Garrett Wilson's chances? More. <laughs> 100% more. Uh, yeah. For sure. Oh, definitely more. Because he's he, gonna, he drew, he's going to he, see the field so much better this year. He drew a <laughs> clear line between when he started taking ayahuasca and when he started winning MVPs. Yeah. I guess he forgot maybe he wasn't taking ayahuasca last year. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, he like, may have just had a bad trip. <laughs> there's, there's not really for a player as young and as aggressively ranked as Garrett Wilson is. I feel like there's really not much to say. Like as long as he's the number one wide receiver in this offense, the way he looked like he would be, the, the way he looked like he should be, based on his rookie season, he's probably going to be really, really good. And and I like I know I probably shouldn't care this much about this, but the fact that Aaron Rodgers is talking about how he could be the best wide receiver in the NFL, in the NFL, and the the little blurbs about him and Devontae Adams both wearing 17 and the similarities. Like I, my only concern for Garrett Wilson was that Aaron Rodgers is a weird dude and he might get there and decide that Garrett Wilson's not the best wide receiver on the team. seems like Rodgers already knows that Wilson's the best wide receiver on the team. I mean, this is the most positive Aaron Rodgers has talked about a wide receiver since Jake Junis. He didn't ever talk. <laughs> Maybe about Jake, Jake Sternberger. Like he didn't talk about those guys like this at all. Yeah, he didn't. He never said that those guys could be the best wide receiver in football. Uh, at least not. It's out, just called, not it's out called a joke, guys. I know, but but like, it, it, but it, no, it, he is really pumping up Garrett Wilson. Do you guys like Wilson or Waddle better? Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah, one stat, one number on Waddle, and it's so hard to know. I mean, his A dot so different, his catch rate so different. Just his catches in two seasons, he had 104 catches as a rookie. He had 75 catches as a sophomore, uh, but in the 12 games that Tua Tungavailoa started and finished, uh, Jalen Waddle was on pace for s- only 79 catches, but 1,514 yards, 11 yeah. touchdowns on a- only 125 targets. So, you know, he's just incredible. I I don't really know what... I think I'd take Wilson over Waddle, too, because I expect more targets. That's pretty much the only justification I, I can have. If- I-, I can't say he's a better player than Jalen Waddle. If you put them in the same situation, I think they are could be very similar in terms of their talent. I've seen enough from Jalen Waddle where I would feel more confident in him being that kind of producer than I would Garrett Wilson. And that's not to say Garrett Wilson can't be better, but right. I love seeing what Jalen Waddle has done. It, it reminds me of Stefan Diggs back in Minneapolis or Minnesota, where he filled so many different roles and excelled at them. No matter what they asked him to do, he was a, a possession receiver who caught a hundred passes one year. He was purely a deep threat one season. And that to me says that Jalen Waddle's a legitimate number one alpha type wide receiver. It's just, he plays with Tyree kill. So I think those tw- that 12 game sample with Tua Tungabaloa when he finished all his games, I think he averaged 17 points per game, which is really, really wow. good. Yep, that's great. That feels like the the ceiling in this role, unfortunately. Yeah, could be. Um, Derek Henry, but, guys, is there anything that makes him a bust in round two other than injury? No. No, just because he's going to get so much volume right. that it it feels like 1,500 rushing yards is kind of guaranteed, which is wild. Uh, even if he's four yards per carry, it has yeah. like the end of the, you know, basically like the last good season of his career. Because uh, he was, what, like 4.4 last year. Um, he You know, he's just going to get so many carries and, and yeah. touchdowns. He had 13 touchdowns last year. He also had 33 catches last yep, year. That's that's the key is that the all-purpose yards from scrimmage, this was the second best season. Right. Oh, I never gave this stat. I wanted to give this stat. Uh, Nick Chubb has averaged I did look at his last four seasons and I removed two games where he played fewer than 25% of the snaps doing that he's averaged something like 103 or more total yards per game every year Nick Chubb so just keep that in mind 
that his floor has been double-digit fantasy points without any catches, without any touchdowns. That's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only thing with Nick Chubb is just when you're projecting his range of outcomes for every game, it's like he's definitely going to get 12 points or 10 points, whatever you want to put it at. And then it's just, does he get to 20 if he scores a touchdown? And there are there are other running backs who you can say have paths to 20-plus PPR points in, in a game without needing multiple touchdowns. Nick Chubb probably needs at least one touchdown and often multiple touchdowns to get to 20-plus PPR points. So that's that's the only thing is he's just more touchdown dependent than most running backs in this range. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's a more limited path to elite upside. All right, we finish out our top 24 with 22, 23, and 24, and those are Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. Heath, did we get the order right? I don't know. (laughs) I know we got number one right. I have gone back and forth between Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts um, all offseason. I currently have Allen higher. I have no – I would not bet on who I'm going to have ranked higher a month from now. Um, I I just – I don't – I think there's reasons to think either of them could challenge Mahomes. There's no reason to think either of them should be expected to be better than Mahomes. Uh, Dave, you know, we did an episode, Bust Proof. Dave said Hertz is the most bust proof because he has the r- more rushing upside than Mahomes and more weapons. If you took one away due to injury, he'd still be better. Yeah, I don't equipped. know what well, I don't know what Patrick Mahomes would do if you took away one of his best well, weapons. Well, what if he took away Kelsey? We've never seen it. What if what if he didn't have Kelsey? Um, I would guess that he would be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and mm-hmm. fantasy. Okay, look, I, I, I think it's say, a fair argument, but I think I can see, you know, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, Heath said there's no <laughs> case for Allen ahead of Mahomes. Right, that's ranking. silly. Allen has been better than Mahomes two of the last three seasons and Last year, the gap was 0.2 points. Like their aggregate points over the past three seasons per game. Allen is probably a point a g- per game ahead. Yeah, come on, maybe Heath. more. Come on, Heath. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to double check those numbers on the. T- I know going into last year, Allen had been the best quarterback two years in a row, and Mahomes been the best quarterback for the past three years average. But maybe that's not the case anymore. I mean, I am more concerned about Josh Allen going backwards than I am Mahomes or Hurts. I think there's more risk with Josh Allen than there is with Mahomes or with Hurts. Yeah, but is we it don't. We don't of think the Stephon Diggs thing. What? I think Why? it's a Stephon Diggs thing. I think when rushing quarterbacks, yes, even Cam Newton, start having injuries that affect them. So far, historically, that just continues to happen. I think if he stops rushing, what? If it's an arm injury? I don't know that it matters what type of injury it is. You can only take so many hits like he takes, and he's not shown any willingness to stop taking them. Okay. Um, He laughs about it. He likes it. And I think that's wildly dangerous for a quarterback. Yeah. And if he does start protecting himself. I'm just talking for a long time to give Chris a chance to prove me wrong because I think he's looking numbers up. Um, if he does it's, only, st- it's only like 0. 0.5 points per game over the past three seasons, but it is Allen's edge. If, if, if he does stop <laughs> running like they're talking about, if Damian Harris is the goal line back instead of Josh Allen, then I don't think that Allen's even in the conversation. All right. But but obviously you do think that he is in the conversation. and these Yeah, three are for all sure. He's second right now for me. Right. Okay, uh, should Mark Andrews go ahead of these quarterbacks? No, I don't think so. No. Okay, is there anyone that that we did not say that sh- in this show or yesterday's show, the top twelve? Anyone who's uh, outside the top twenty-four of the consensus rankings that you think should be ahead of Allen Mahomes hurts? There are certainly guys I can make a case for, right? Like if we get to training camp day one and Brees Hall is cleared to play, I will probably move him into that. Uh, range. I, I'm really, really worried about how to rank Ramondre Stevenson, which is to say that I'm really worried. I'm ranking him both too high and too low because my gut is to rank him almost as a first round pick. I I think like if he's back in that role where he's going to get 55, 65 catches, 
I, I think he's probably going to be a first rounder because that offense is going to be a lot better than it was last season just by the fact that they have an offensive coordinator, let alone one who I think we all think is a pretty good one in Bill O'Brien. So it's just we don't really know what the role is going to be. But if Ramondre Stevenson's role is close to what it was for most of last season, I think he's probably going to end up being a, a borderline first rounder. Um, I think the guy who I would not rank ahead of these guys yet, but I definitely could see ranking ahead of these guys soon is Joe Mixon. Because we did this thing where we downgraded Joe Mixon to like round seven or something because he had some off-the-field troubles again and the Bengals were talking really like they don't like him at all, um, treating him like Malcolm Brogdon basically. And then we're... Malcolm Brogdon is a basketball player. Yeah, we're going to get to July 1st or the first day of training camp and somebody is going to look at the Bengals' depth chart and say, huh, Joe Mixon's still there and Samaj P. Ryan's not. Why isn't why wouldn't Joe Mixon be a top 20 pick? If we were going by my projections, Joe Mixon would be a borderline first rounder for me. That yep. that role is just the the starting running back for the Bengals last season, I think it was 255 carries and 89 targets or something. It was just but that just just take the games that Mixon played plus the two that Samaj Piran started and that's just a hugely valuable role in an elite offense and it's it's probably a case where we're overthinking it. I, I will I, I do think it's reasonable to wait to sure. move him up to that. I, I I'm gonna make him show up to training camp and the Bengals let him show up to training camp before before I make that move. But if we get to the first day of training camp, then he should definitely be top twenty. Yeah. If you're wondering like who is this year's Josh Jacobs? Probably nobody, but maybe Joe Mixon. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Thank you to Heath and Chris. Great stuff. We've got backfield battles and some fantasy jeopardy tomorrow and hopefully uh, time for some emails. I think we should be able to squeeze some of those in there. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. If you did not see Beyond the Box score, you can see it on YouTube.com slash fantasyfootball today. Uh, But you will hear it on Saturday. It will be publishing then. So have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.